Hey folks, welcome to the Hunting Ain't Easy podcast. This is Mike Costello and I'm your host and I'm looking forward to sharing some uh, some hunt hunting recaps with you. Um, I just got back not too long ago from a, a solo backcountry archery hunt and uh, got into some of the high country backcountry of the Sierra Nevada here in California. Um, an area that I absolutely love to go. Um, I, we're data tells me uh from cdfw that the the migration deer herds the deer herds that are up in the high country are actually doing worse in california than most of the other deer herds and part of me says uh yep absolutely that is the case because you just don't see as many deer as you expect to but another part of me says i don't care because that's the area that i like to go to that's to me that is what what feels like hunting um for me personally and so that's what i like to pursue and uh went in for what was to be uh nine hunting days and one preseason day to get access to the backcountry and get set up in there so it was gonna be a long solo hunt um i think i was going in with probably 60 or so pounds uh with all my food and a couple liters of water um it was a good time. It was absolutely an adventure. A lot of lessons learned. It was as much a grind physically and mentally as as I think uh, I expected it to be, and maybe more so. Um, many many mental bouts of of doubt um, and concern, <laughs> and then you know spikes of great optimism and enthusiasm, and uh, it it all the ebb and flow of emotions really just depended on how many hours I was into glassing an area without seeing or having just seen uh, some really incredible animals. So had a good time with that and um, playing several of the the sayings that I've heard from other podcasters, other hunters um, through my mind on, on just a, a continuous loop. Things like don't leave deer to find deer. You know, when I'm trying to debate whether or not I should change ridges or, or move to another basin. If I've seen deer in the base I'm at or on the ridges I'm at, but I'm not seeing them now, should I, should I leave that area and go find a new area and then a new deer or should I stick with it and, um, and just be patient? Uh, so that was one that went through my head a lot. Don't leave deer to find deer. And then the other one was, um, just that, you know, the deer are where you find them. You can think they're going to be somewhere. You can expect them to be somewhere. You can hope that they're going to be somewhere, but it doesn't really matter. They are where they are and you got to figure it out. And you got to find them. And so um, that was what I was thinking quite a few times as, uh, as I wasn't seeing the bucks where I expect them to be. And I know they're there. Like, I know they're within a mile of where I am. Um, it's just the terrain is so varied and so so difficult to see every nook and cranny of it that uh, they're close by, but you just don't see them. Uh, but you know they're there. So a lot of mental games and challenges with that. So anyways, let's get into it. Uh, daily hunt recaps from uh, 2021 backcountry archery deer hunt we'll start now this is mike costello with hunting ain't easy and uh 
day one, I should say day zero, is in the books for 2021 archery season. It's August 20th, Friday, and uh, the sun is down, the full moon is in the sky, and um, I figured I'd give a little recap on each day. Hopefully, batteries hold out and focus to do this at the end of each day holds out too. So, um, I'm sitting here at about 8,400 feet elevation, started the day around 6,000 foot, maybe 6,100. And, um, boy, (laughs) coming in with the full kit, boots, binos, water, weapon, nine days of food, etc. Sure is heavier than doing training days on the stairs in downtown Sacramento with just the uh, just the camp set and the food. So I think my last training day on stairs, I was at about 47 pounds. And if you add the boots, um, binoculars, weapon, and two at sometimes three quarts of water. Pretty sure that I was kicking right around 60 pounds today. So took it easy, came in slow, um, glassed a little bit on the way in. And um, really, this is going to be the longest trip I've ever done hunting. And um, this will probably be the third longest kind of backcountry backpacking trip I've done. I've, I've done a <laughs> many, many years ago, um, maybe 27 years ago, I did the full John Muir trail, um, in 22 days. And then, um, a year or two before that I set out with my dad to do the Muir, but it just sucked. It rained like every day. It was classic afternoon thunder showers. It's probably in late June or mid July. And so we were just getting rained on every day and it wasn't fun. So we, we, we bailed out of that. I mean, if you're going to be out on the trail for three weeks, it should at least be enjoyable. And it wasn't. So anyways, those two would be my longest trips. Um, and then this, this is going to be upwards of nine days. Um, kind of hoping that it's not a full nine days because that would mean that I was successful <laughs> before the last day. And, um, I've got, uh, I've got my deer tag, a bear tag. Um, and the, the fire closures are just ugly for Northern California. And thankfully I've got a spot scouted. That's not in that current closure map. So I shouldn't have to bail out on this uh, due to fire unless something changes closer to where I am. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen. It is a little hazy up here. Uh, It is going to affect glassing at a distance. Um, It's not terrible, but it's definitely noticeable that there's some haze that when you're glassing, you know, maybe a thousand yards or so, that haze kind of stacks up and gets thick and is a little harder to see what's going on. But, um, 
my my plan here. See what have I got? This is my fifth night total camping out overnight up in the woods, um, and I haven't put up a tent or tarp yet. So I've just been cowboy camping. Um, it's dry. It's not that cold. I think the overnight here might get down into the thirties. Um, supposedly the high ridges, another thousand feet up are definitely in the thirties overnight, but I don't know. I'm on a saddle right now and, um, there's no wind. So that's good in terms of the fires. Hopefully the wind died down everywhere and, um, Hopefully the firefighters and everybody gets a break with some, uh, some still, some still air for a, for a little bit. I think it does get windy again tomorrow during the day, but overnight right now there's no wind. So that's nice. And, um, I brought in, like I said, nine days worth of food. Um, Water is a little scarce. I've got a couple jugs of water stashed up here about four miles apart. <laughs> Hopefully they're there if I need them. But um, so far, there's also at least three small springs, creeks. I think they're more like springs right now um, that I know of that were running two weeks ago. And so I should be able to get water without having to drop way down into a canyon um, to find a, a, full, a real creek. Um, I've got at least two of these springs are in the 92 to 9,400 foot range. So my plan is basically to just go super slow um, where I'm camping right now. I've got a knob like a giant granite gumdrop right next to me that gives me a really good view of uh, a basin that's primarily east and southeast facing. Um, so not yet, not ideal, but good. It's a good basin. I can glass it. So I'm going to glass it basically damn near all day tomorrow, unless I just get itchy feet and, and decide I need to move around. But um, I'm going to glass a lot each day and move not too much. Um, the ridge that I'm close to runs about five miles or so or more, obviously more. <laughs> Sierra Nevada goes forever. Um, but uh, I figure... I'll move maybe a mile a day. Um, I'm not going to move much at all tomorrow, if if at all. I may just glass all day. But if I relocate um, a little bit each day, it'll it'll be maybe once or twice daily, uh, no more than two miles at most. But maybe you know, ideally like a mile each day, and just basically head out this ridge, glassing daily. Um, with the vantage points that I can get. And then that'll put me five days out, say, um, at which point I'll need to work back, work my way back and, and do the same. So we'll see how that works out. Um, I, um, I tested my bow at the trailhead as we all should, right? 
Um, generally, once you may have seen on Instagram, once I once I get the bow sighted in or basically tuned um, with whatever arrows I'm using, uh, I go straight to broadheads. And I like to do most of my target practice with broadheads year round. Um, I don't shoot daily. I'm not a I'm not a 30 arrows a day person. I'm just I'm just not. <laughs> and um, but obviously, as archery season gets closer, um, shooting several times a week, and I generally try to make it quality to where if I can walk out and you know shoot nine to twelve arrows and 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 get them within uh, the you know six inch ring um, to where I'm lethal at, you know, 20 to, to 60 yards. Um, I'm happy. And so today I tested at the trailhead, tested, um, at 30 yards and at 40 yards. And, um, the 30 yard shot was about three inches low, dead center, but about three inches low. But I also sensed that my pin, I was holding my pin a little low too. So that I feel good about 40 yard shot was dead on absolutely buried it dead center on the, uh, the target. So super happy about that. And at that point, I'm not going to shoot anymore. Um, brought nine arrows and six, uh, broadheads. Um, I just figure if I'm going to be up here this long, I'd hate to, uh, I hate to jack up so many arrows that, I'm, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out of luck and out of, out of tools. Um, I don't plan on missing nine times, but, uh, you never know. So I've got resources here. Um, and, uh, I also, is interesting on a podcast recently, not mine. Uh, there's been quite a few podcasts from some, you know, that, um, I don't know who did it, but focus on arrow builds and, and, and also just, uh, broadheads, you know, there's a lot of talk about two blade broadhead, single bevel. I'm shooting three blade, um, clearly not single bevel, but one of the takeaways from one of these podcasts that was talking about, uh, broadheads in general was that the, the foam that broadheads kind of sink into on a quiver will dull the the blades on the broadhead as you hike around there's kind of micro vibrations uh where the the arrows are moving a little bit and that foam will dull the broadhead so i brought six um keeping and i'm planning on just keeping three arrows tipped with the broadhead the other three broadheads are in a case um, so I'm hoping that basically what I'll do is, you know, four days in, I'll swap the broadheads. So if in fact that's true and I've, I've dulled those blades a little bit, I can swap them and, and be into fresh, sharp blades, um, sharp tips halfway through the hunt if I need it. So again, hoping that by day three or four, I've got a buck down or a bear down and um, I'm packing meat out at that point. So, but we'll see anyways, brought plenty of gear. Um, probably I'd say in terms of shelter, just a tarp, which I haven't even put up yet. 
all season and based on the weather i probably won't put it up this week either but i've got it in case and then um food so looking forward to making the most of this and going slow and spotting some animals um i have told myself that i'm going to stay disciplined and that unless like in the first two days or so, unless I see an absolute bomber of a buck, which for me <laughs> is is going to be three points or better. Um, but no, I you know, if I if I see a, a really a really solid buck, um, I'll go after it. But in the first couple of days, my goal is to really just watch deer if I can find them. And then watch them and, and get a sense for what they're doing. Um, you know, this time of year, their patterns should be pretty consistent day to day. And so I really want to see how that works out to where if I, if I spot some deer in the morning, you know, tomorrow, um, you know, will they come out in the same spot in the evening? Uh, will, will they come out in the same spot the next day in the morning? And so I really want to see if I can find that pattern and so that means given two or three days just watching deer if i can find them um but obviously i'll have to stay disciplined and not go chasing them all over the mountain and um and bumping other deer in the process probably so we'll see uh stay tuned on that one anyways it's uh it's time to get some sleep and day one is done I can tell you right now that hunting ain't easy, but if we give it time, patience, persistence, it can all come together. Okay. Good morning. It's about 4.30 a.m. on opening day for archery. And uh, that was not only not my best night's sleep, I would say that was one of my worst nights sleep. So, not 100% sure why. Full moon is always hard to sleep with. Because um, it's like having a flashlight on you all night. But the, the moon was pretty low in the sky. So it wasn't directly in my face, which was good. But still, just a lot of ambient light. Um, I think sleeping out without a tent... Always gives me a little bit of the, little bit of the, the creeps, as though a tent is any significant protection between me and whatever critters are out there. But um, the weirdest thing, I mean, I could just, I could just hear everything. Like I could literally, I think there was an ant in the stuff sack. <laughs> could you not? I think there was an ant in the stuff sack um, that I had my head on sleeping and if I focused I could hear it like crawling around inside the stuff sack so my ears were just tuned to every little sound which is I could hear my heartbeat um, I mean just laying there and it's not like my heart was racing or pounding it's just so quiet Every little move makes a sound.
Um, so the first few hours felt like all night. And, uh, and then at some point I did fall asleep, but just before 1am I heard footsteps and which had me upright yelling, swinging a trekking pole around. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when a bear or mountain lion or even a deer is kind of moving slowly through the woods, they don't really make any sound unless they step on something and break a twig. Um, or unless they're like walking on rocks and it's a deer. But so I heard footsteps, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> kind of like a heavy padding, like a heavy pad. Um, and so shoot straight up, turn around, grab a trekking pole. I'm swinging it, you know, just to like make, make movement. These animals can see in the dark so they can see me moving. Um, finally get my headlamp on and, uh, 40 yards, 30, 40 yards away. I've got two eyes staring at me and, um, I'm pretty sure it was a mountain lion. It stood there for a second, and then I sat a little more upright, and it, it took off kind of diagonally across the ridge that I'm on, um, or the saddle that I'm on. And it didn't make as much kind of like tank rolling through the woods sound that a bear makes when they when they run fast and it's stride i don't know i mean i I couldn't see it exactly because it's dark out but the way it stride was moving um it seemed like it had a longer lower stride and um just gave me the fucking creeps Oh man. So shot of adrenaline. It paused in the woods once to where I could see its eyes again. And then I could just kind of hear some noises in the woods as it probably slowed down and kept moving. Um, so I'm going to chalk that up to a mountain lion. Basically it was not creeping, but probably just kind of on a, on a good trot up to the saddle and I heard it and it may not have even been aware of me being here, but I heard it and, uh, woke up and then it stopped to see what was making all the ruckus being me. And then it took off once it saw that I was, you know, a human or not, (laughs) not what it expected to see. Definitely had forward facing eyes. Um, kind of narrow set forward facing eyes, which says predator. Yeah, pretty sure it was a mountain lion. So that was basically 1 a.m. And, uh, of course, the next three and a half hours, to the extent that I slept, I immediately went into dream state visualizing (laughs) 
beady eyes glowing back at me whenever my, with my headlamp on them, which, which woke me up each time. Uh, I'm usually not that creeped out by animals, but I, uh, once you get it in your head that there's something out there, it's hard not to be tuned into what's going on. So anyways, it's a great night's sleep. The food was hung. I did that. The food hung up. And then I forgot to mention last night, um, when I was glassing yesterday, well, first of all, when I hiked in, right out, right, right off the, the bat, I saw a doe down around 6,100 feet. Same spot I saw a doe last time I came in here. So they definitely use that lower elevation closer to, uh, the creek. And, um, that hillside that I come up, hillside, it's 2,000 feet up. The hillside I come up has a couple springs running down it. And um, it burned a while ago. So it's got a lot of fresh green growth. Tons of elderberries. It's going to be bare central soon because it's got a lot of elderberries on it. But uh, it's, it's, it's lush. You know, there's a lot of green growth. And... Uh, there's um, water, and so it's got good cover and water, and it's got great, lots of green growth, and that means deer. Uh, lower elevation, in my experience, my thought is it's going to be more of the nursery does and fawns, but um, and that's really all I've ever seen in there. And then when I was glassing last night, just for a split second, right at sunrise, sunset, I. I thought I saw a deer kind of coming out basically against, you know, contrast against a backdrop of some, some trees. And I got so excited about it. I flipping and, you know, started to move, go back to my, where I had my tripod and spotting scope set up. So the mistake I made was I didn't like lock in on it and get a good reference point of where that was and really study it for a few extra minutes with my binos. And so as soon as I moved to try to get a better spot on it, um, I couldn't relocate it. I couldn't figure out where the heck it was on the in the basin that I'd even seen it. So don't make that mistake. If you see something with your binos or your naked eyes or your spotting scope, whatever it is that you're seeing it, spend some time studying it and the area around it and really get a good lock on where that animal is before you take your eyes off of it and go to whatever next tool you're going to use to relocate it and study it a little bit more because if you get too excited like I did you may never see it again your eyes just have a hard time finding it against uh, a big backdrop so anyways sun will be coming up soon good morning to glass hunting ain't easy all right first day of hunting is done the full moon is so bright I guess it's not quite full. 
but uh, <laughs> the haze is pretty much cleared up. So sky is clear, and um, I'm actually up above tree line now. Moved about a mile in further, and about another, I don't know, 800 feet higher in elevation than where I was last night. So hopefully no critters come stomping through like they did last night. And, um, well, I'm kind of in a little slot between, I'm in like a, like a bed between granite outcroppings. So imagine a giant bathtub that's not enclosed at one end. But anyways, I managed to set the, uh, orientation of my air mattress and sleeping bag in a way that I'm looking straight at the moon as I'm laying here. So that'll be interesting in terms of sleeping. <clears throat> Although I'm pretty exhausted after last night, not getting much sleep. So should be, should be good to go. Um, today, well, a lot of glassing, uh, didn't kill myself hiking around, so that was good. Um, basically, you know, I don't know, maybe a mile and a half, two miles total today. Um, probably 13, 1400 foot elevation. Um, mostly just dropping down to get some water and then relocating camp and then uh, climbing up to the top of a peak that's close by here. So, I don't know, maybe more like three miles and 1,600 feet. I don't know, can't do the math right now. Anyways, this morning, um, I did see a, a deer. <laughs> I glassed up one deer. It might have been a spike. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, but uh, distance... And, uh, <clears throat> lack of significant antlers makes it irrelevant because it wasn't a legal buck, but, uh, at least my eyes aren't broken. So anytime I glass up a deer, I'm happy or an animal, I'm happy to use that as a benchmark that my eyes are working. Um, I'm just not finding what I need to find. So. <clears throat> but that's why I'm up here for uh, a little more than a week. So tomorrow uh, looks like going to have clear skies and uh, we'll be back at it. Now that I'm up around 9,000 foot, um, I'm going to get up on the ridges and basically the next five days, I'm just going to be running along a ridge, glassing, moving, glassing, moving. And, um, that's going to be the game plan. So <sighs> hunting ain't easy <laughs> still, but we're making progress. All right. That's it. Okay. <clears throat> Sunday, day two of the season settling into my my deer bed <laughs> literally kicked out about a 
two and a half foot wide by eight foot long bed in the hillside here. Camping tonight on basically at the top of the peak, almost at the top of the peak, about a hundred feet below the top of, the, of a peak that I've been kind of spent a lot of time around ridges connect to. Didn't have an update this morning because I was overslept a little bit. But uh, on that note, slept pretty well last night. Uh, no critters came stomping into camp, which is nice. And uh, I think the only detractor last night was the full moon, which, as I mentioned on last night's uh, update, it was like a flashlight just straight into my face the whole night so anyways um slept pretty good overslept a little bit and uh headed up the hill it was only about a half mile maybe 500 feet vertical to gain to get to where i wanted to glass and um right out of the gate, like as soon as I got to one of the glassing spots, I saw movement over on the hillside. And um, sure enough, just an incredible buck. Um, yeah, I know pic pictures or it didn't happen. I don't have pictures, but uh, dark, dark fur. A lot of the does I've seen have really light fur right now, but uh, real dark coat um i would say probably a four by four i didn't get a, a perfect look but just had that classic four by four frame just outside the ears so not super wide but equally tall um if not more so and um anyways got him in the binos and uh it was not a good spot where I was sitting down. It was really uncomfortable. So I was kind of squirming around a little bit, tracked him in the binos for a few minutes and then thought I had him pinned to where I could reposition and, and get the spotting scope out. And sure enough, lost him. So he went on, he went up, he came up from the mid midsection of this basin and he was up uh, probably two-thirds of the way up, classic, um, right about where the, the forage and, you know, the green, the green stuff um, starts to die off, and it just goes into straight rock. Um, and so, but there's a bench there, and the bench is really lush. It's got lots of, lots of variety in terms of foliage, um, few trees uh it's you can tell it holds held snow holds snow later in the season and just from my scouting actually e-scouting and whatnot i had expected that some of the benches on these ridges would be good and sure enough that's what it appears to be so um tried to figure out how i could get to that spot if in fact he was bedding down in that area and i don't think it's possible <laughs> it's surrounded by rock 
um, hundred feet or more in any any direction from above, you're going to be going down through these this uh, kind of like loose granite rock slide that just makes so much noise. Every rock is like walking on a little door doorbell or a little little bell, little chime. So makes lots of noise. Um, so anyways, tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can locate him again in that same spot, see if that's his pattern. And then if it is, I'll just have to keep digging on, on how to, how to locate that buck, get how to get in close enough to him. So if I'd had a rifle today, <laughs> uh, <laughs> No such luck. So anyways, spent a bunch of time trying to figure out access to that bench um, or at least get within, you know, how to get within about 50 yards of it. And uh, coming in from above is just brutal. So tomorrow we'll see what what pans out, um, if he shows up there or not. So otherwise, um, Scout, overall overall glassing today was successful. saw two other does in the morning and then saw a doe and probably a fawn um, this evening around sunset so happily that happily that my uh, my eyes work <laughs> I, I I can still see deer I always wonder you know looking at something for looking at the hillside for a couple hours and you don't see anything I wonder like what's going on man I know there's deer here um, but they are just very good at disappearing that's for sure so also check three cameras and um, some really cool bucks on these cameras so I'm still still in the right area generally um so that was fun to see those. I'll post up some pictures for sure. There's a couple that are just really cool pictures, really cool videos. So, um, about to call tonight. Nothing too eventful today. Just a big old buck that uh, I think a lot of people would, would hunt the entire week. So I'm gonna play it by ear. If I can see him again tomorrow, I'll continue building out the plan. If I don't see him tomorrow, I may start running the ridge line and heading heading out along the ridges. Um, do that for a couple days, and then maybe try to check him and check check out uh, this buck again later in the week if uh, if I haven't closed the deal on something. So that's it. Third night going into day three tomorrow and sleeping in a nice cozy deer bed. I will definitely say that hunting ain't easy, but it sure is fun. Hey, this is Mike with Hunting Ain't Easy. Day three of uh, my archery trip. My archery hunt is over, and... uh Yesterday morning, you know, right at sunrise, I'd seen that big four by four, typical 
for about two minutes and then lost track of them. <clears throat> Muleys are habitual enough, especially in August, to where I really thought I'd see <clears throat> I would see him again, roughly the same spot where I saw him yesterday, and uh, no luck. So spent most of the morning glass in this basin just waiting for him to pop out of some from behind a tree or something and um didn't happen the does i've seen up here are fairly easy to pattern there's one doe in the same basin where that buck was i've seen her four times every time i've spent uh, let's see, two evenings and two mornings. I've seen her. And then there's another doe that I've bumped twice um, as I walk through kind of a timber area to go get some water. And uh, I've bumped her two days in a row from the same spot, roughly the same time of day. So, clearly, she beds down in that area. So, anyways, it was looking bleak today. It was one of those frustrating days. I decided to name, in the spirit of, you know, naming bucks, I just decided to name the big typical 4x4, um, Barney. <laughs> as a, as a shout-out to Brian Barney from Eastman's Elevated. Um Brian always talks about hunting a specific buck for like the entire hunt that he likes to get in the backcountry and find a buck and basically focus on that buck and make that, that the play the entire time he's out there. Um, which I think is tremendous. <clears throat> First of all, you got to find some good bucks to do that. Secondly, um, I think it's, you know, it's it's a it's a strategy where you give you all your focus. It's also a way to become incredibly frustrated as as things don't pan out, and sometimes to go a week or two without seeing the buck, but then magically it appears again, and of course you're rewarded at that point if you can get to it. But those days where you don't see it. I mean, heck, I just had one day today where I didn't see this buck. And it was super frustrating because I know it's in there. <laughs> it's like I know this buck is in the same area. Um, it did not leave the county. I know that. So, anyways, didn't see it. Um, I was torn about what I wanted to do. There's, um, from where I'm camping right now and last night I'm up on this peak and I've got a view of two ridge lines which for this trip I still hadn't really given them a full session of glassing and um, because I, I've been bouncing back and forth between what that that view that ridge line and um, and the basin where the big buck is where Barney is or was and so 
I decided that before I bail out on this area and change, you know, move, move a mile or two, I decided that I would give this evening just a really good solid glassing session on these two ridge lines. And, uh, they basically are, are above where I've got my cameras up here. And so I know there's bucks. My cameras tell me that there's bucks. And so I just haven't been able to spot them. Um, haven't been able to figure out where they, where they are in the mornings and the evenings, where they bed. And so they've been just kind of like ghosts to me. But, uh, this evening, finally, I was rewarded. Um, I got, uh, I got set up and probably at like six, six thirty, six forty-five. Buck steps out, in, out from the, the wooded area, right at the top of this, this ridge. And, um, right where I've been telling myself and I've been glassing for, couple years now I've been telling myself this is where the bucks are going to be just because there's so much deer sign so many trails and tracks and scat up in this area so sure enough I'm watching them and then boom there's a second one (laughs) turns out it's a group of four bachelor bucks they're the bucks that have been on my cameras Um, there's a three by two excuse me there's a three by two um pretty wide outside the ears there's a four corn with just super tall deep forks um really impressive deer he's actually the biggest of the four and then um there's a smaller fork he looks like maybe uh just a two-year-old one and a half year old um and then uh there was a three by two also but smaller narrow set forks um the first three by two that that i mentioned was pretty wide and um you know each each antler was really well developed on this second three by two narrower and uh and the side that's got three points, um, it's just almost like a little crab crab fork. It's just a small little nub on that third point. So yeah, basically two younger deer and then probably, um, you know, I don't know, a couple that are two and a half years old maybe and then or a two and a half and a three and a half and then maybe maybe a four and a half and a five and a half, something like that. So the, the four corn with the big deep forks, real tall, he might be the oldest of the group. Um, he's definitely the biggest in terms of body. So anyways, ah, good news. (laughs) It was cool watching them for about an hour. Um, depending on the wind, uh, tomorrow that will, well, a couple things. I don't know if I'll make a play on them right out of the gate tomorrow, unless I see them again. I kind of want to see them again. Um, just to get a sense for 
what time they really show up and where they're coming from. And then also if I can see them in the morning, I'd love to see where they go to bed down if, if, if at all possible. So that's the play. Hopefully see them in the morning, figure out where they go to bed down during the day. At least have an idea on that. And then, um, I'll either try to glass them up again in the evening and then maybe go make a run for it. Um, or if the wind is right, I might set up and try to set up a little ambush if I have a pretty good idea of where they're going to be coming from and if the wind's in my favor. So we'll see. No sure thing on that, but uh, they're smart. They're not going to put themselves in too much danger. Um, and they know how to play the wind better than I do. So I'm, I may I may take a day or two further to see if I can track them down again and study them a little bit just to see if I've got a, a pattern that, that I can work off of. But uh, good news. Four bucks. They are here. They didn't leave. And um, now I've got something to work with, I think. So we'll see. Hunting still ain't easy, but it's looking better. Hey, Mike, again, obviously. <laughs> oh, man. So it's Tuesday night. I'm back up on my mountain, my peak, where I'm camped out in a deer bed. Um, a couple things I forgot to mention yesterday at the peak of frustration, might even say it goes far as saying despair, um, where I hadn't seen anything all day, except for maybe one of the, one of those does that I kept seeing. Um, I, uh, I was just sitting there and I think it was a badger. Just, I saw it, you know, from uh, 50 feet away. I'm sitting there on this rock or by a rock outcropping at the top of a ridge, you know, glassing down in the basin, wondering <laughs> when, when I'll see a deer move. Um, you know, it's the middle of the day between 9 a.m. and hell, 6 p.m. You kind of feel like it's a waste of time, but fact is, deer do move during the day, not as often, and not in such a great distance or amount that you see them as much, but what else are you going to do, right? So, anyways, it was probably, I don't know, two or three in the afternoon, and I'm just sitting there wondering what the next thing is going to be to do, and... um this giant rodent, I'm it wasn't a marmot. I've seen marmots quite a bit. This this was a badger, I think. It had a kind of striped face and um, pretty good size. Um, just cruising up through the sage at 9,000 feet. Um, and he came up straight to me. And he wasn't stopping. Um, he got to within about five feet of me and I finally made a little noise and he just stopped and looked at me, 
Now the wind was in my face. So, you know, what do they say? Keep, keep the wind in your face, you know? So scent was an issue. He probably hadn't smelled me yet. And he just sat there for about 30 seconds staring at me. And then he just turned around and waddled on off. Um, little pivot, turn around and continued heading up the, up the ridge. No idea where he was going. And, um, it doesn't seem, I don't know what badgers need. I, I, I think of them as needing water, but, um, there's a few seeps up here. So there is water, no, uh, roaring creeks. I guess maybe they're not like raccoons. I know raccoons need like like riparian habitat where they can get things that live in the water or nearby. So anyways, that was cool. Um, you sit in the woods long enough, minding your own business, being quiet, and some kind of animal will walk up to you. Um, in this instance, it was not a buck, but I think it was a badger. I got a picture, so I'll, uh, I'll post that up and... I will fact check it against some wildlife photos to confirm what exactly it was. Um, But that was cool. Anyways, so last night, as I mentioned, last up those four bucks in a spot where I would expect them to be. Um, Top of Ridge, just outside September. Um... It's an area that's had a lot of sign before, and I always, I know, I know deer frequent this area, this part of this ridge. But um, so I figured today, I was gonna glass again, see if they show up this morning. They did not. Um, so I've been debating internally. I've been kind of fighting this this decision of, do I stay here? And continue to try to figure it out how to find Barney, the Barney buck, or continue to, to try to locate and get in close on, on these four uh, bucks during this bachelor group. Or do I relocate and do what I said I was going to do, which is kind of spike out and hunt along this ridge for a couple miles and basically relocate each evening if I'm not finding something. So the debate goes on. There's a saying I've heard several times on other podcasts. I can't remember who to attribute it to. It's not my saying, but I'll repeat it. Um, and that is, don't leave deer to find deer. Right? So, I'm in a spot right now where I know there's at least five legal bucks within probably within less than half a mile of me. Um, the variety of terrain that that could include where they could be is significant. And obviously since I'm archery hunting, 
seeing them at 500 yards is just the beginning. It's not like I can just glass from a distance all day and then when I find something, take a shot with a, with a rifle. Although I wouldn't shoot 500 yards either. So, anyway. Oh, sorry about that. Um, so the debate goes on, and I don't know what the answer is. However, I believe the answer tomorrow is, is something magical <laughs> and compelling doesn't happen in the morning in the first couple hours of daylight. I will pack up and head out along this ridge as promised. And um, I'll, I'll go, I'll probably go two miles. I'll go the other end of this ridge um, and, uh, and basically kind of start over down there. You know, up here at Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I would have Wednesday morning here unless, you know, and then if it doesn't go well or nothing keeps me here, um, then I'd have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday's a hike out day. I will probably not be hunting more than just a couple hours in the morning on Sunday, but uh, I will take it to the bitter end if I need to. Um, <laughs> so basically, kind of relocate a couple miles and see if. I can put something together over there and uh, you know, if the first two days are, are a complete bust, maybe s swing back through this, this area that I'm in now and give it another you know day and a half or so <clears throat> since I know there are deer here. So anyways, tentative plans are Wednesday morning, Maybe try to go back to the basin that the Barney Buck is in. Either that or locate the uh, the four bachelor bucks. I don't know. We'll decide in the morning. Can't do both. That's the crazy thing. Is It's like I want to be in three places at one time. Like I know the basin where Barney Buck is has opportunity. It just needs time. It needs time and luck to see it come together and then chasing these four bachelor bucks. Um, you know, just gotta be in the right spot with the binos on them when they're glassable. So anyways, um, the other thing I did today, this morning after striking out on the glassing session was, uh, basically went for a bow hike. Took my bow. Excuse me again. Took my bow and went for a hike. Um, went uh, and retrieved. Was going to go check two cameras. But I actually decided to retrieve them too. One of them, Wild Game Camera, Wild Game Innovations. I hate it. I hate this model. I hate this camera. I have two of them. And they have wasted more miles and hours of my life than just about anything. Um, I cannot figure out how to reliably make sure they're turned on. Like, they're just, their programming 
screen is is stupid or I'm stupid, but I do pretty well with most cameras. These things are, are ridiculous. So anyways, no pictures on this one camera. Um, the other camera is was in an approach to this cliffside bed that um, I was hoping the camera displacement would yield just some amazing pictures. Um, I don't know if this cliffside bed is as used as I expected it to be, but um, anyways, had a few videos. Um, one of just a bomber of a three by three, just a, some great video, but he, he showed up on this thing maybe twice in two months. So clearly this is not uh, a frequent spot for him. And then the camera also picked up an incredible bear just cruising past it. One time, just cruising past it, uh, late June, June 26th, uh, peak rut. So bears put on some miles during the rut. And uh, they, they travel a lot. So you end up getting a lot of bears on cameras in late June because they're just they're moving around so much. So anyways, some cool videos, neat animals. I'll post them up but um, on Instagram, but uh, not enough to, to say this camera should say. So I took the wild game camera, obviously, from where it was, and I took this brownie cam, which I love, and uh, I'll bring them home and deploy them somewhere else, or I'll find another spot for them up here. So anyways... Went for a hike and uh, picked up the cameras, came back, and I had, uh, I've been thinking about where those four bachelor bucks were going to be this evening. I can't, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier in, the, in this talk, but uh, I didn't, I did not get one tonight, obviously. Um, I wanted to figure out, I, I figured out the, where they were last night. It's approachable. From a couple different directions depending on the wind and so i figured my best bet is actually to get set up kind of an ambush setting if the wind was going to be favorable to where i could be tucked in uh, downwind from them uphill because of thermals and the directional wind basically tuck in uphill from them and <clears throat> get hidden well enough to where, you know, I'm set up hour or two before they would step out. And they, they stepped out last night at like 6.40 p.m. So I set a pretty good strategy, I thought, in terms of getting over there to make sure that the wind and the directional wind that was blowing today didn't push my scent in this area. And maybe it did, because um, it was blowing a little bit of a 45. But anyways, did what I could. I thought I had it dialed in pretty good. Um, got set in there about two hours before I thought they, they would show up. And um, the Bucks must have had other dinner plans, because they didn't show up. 
So I don't know if they winded me and never stepped out and went somewhere else, or if they were just on a different rotation, different place for this evening, because that's what they do. So anyways, no glassing session tonight, just sitting, sitting in wait unsuccessfully. Um, I do think I did a pretty good job planning it though. And, uh, in terms of taking into account the wind when I was getting over there, um, not walking through the area, you know, kind of making a good approach and, um, I'll even put fresh socks on just so my feet wouldn't sink so bad. But, um, anyways, no luck. So super frustrating. Uh, and with that, um, somebody should make a podcast called Hunting Ain't Easy because, damn, it's not easy. Another day awaits tomorrow. One thing I will say, super frustrating, but it can change in an instant. And it usually does. One moment, you're not successful (laughs) and then boom the next moment you have an opportunity and so i think here in california the time between those opportunities just is longer than most of us want it to be so anyways dinner time sleep time and then tomorrow morning we'll get after it again if there's no buck down by 9 a.m., be relocating and uh, check out a little new territory, a little new terrain, just a mile or two away, and we'll see what that does. We'll report back tomorrow. All right. So Wednesday evening, Wednesday night wrap up uh this morning well last night i tried to put myself in in an ambush spot basically where i thought the uh that bachelor group of four bucks was going to come out theoretically mule deer in august are fairly patternable and predictable um and that if you find a spot that they go to in the mornings or the evenings that there's a good chance they'll be back there the next day. Uh, and ironically the does, forgive me, I'm all stuffed up from the high altitude air, I guess. Um, anyways, the, uh, the does I've seen, at least two of them were very patternable. One doe I saw in the same, you know, 100 yard by 200 yard area for in four different occurrences, one evening and three mornings. Um, another doe I bumped out of the same bedding area in some timber two days in a row, roughly the same time of day. So the does are, are being predictable. At least those are. Um, so anyways, I saw these bucks up there in the evening. Um, and I, I figured that if the wind worked with me, 
I could sneak into a spot above where I thought they would come out and, uh, and be in a spot to ambush them. And so anyways, that didn't turn out that way. And, and who knows, maybe the, maybe I, maybe, you know, the wind up on these ridges swirls, um, maybe they actually bedded above the spot. You know, I thought they came up out of timber to, to this spot. Maybe they were actually bedded in the rocks more or less above it. And they came down into it. That's entirely possible too. So nevertheless, um, set up ambush didn't work. Deer didn't show up. They had the other plans. And so now, uh, Wednesday morning, this morning, I decided to give, uh, this area that I'm in just the morning to, uh, to glass and, and see if I could find the Barney buck. Um, so spent a couple hours at sunrise glassing into the basin where the Barney buck was. And, um, that basin didn't turn anything up. The wind, the wind was whipping pretty good. It was blowing into the basin. So blowing into my face, which is good from a scent perspective, but, um, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe the, maybe the deer were looking for shelter or staying out of the wind. Um, but man, just didn't see anything in this basin. Um, so then I, uh, flipped over to the, the, the leeward side, the north side of this, uh, little finger ridge. Thought I'd sit there for half hour to an hour and see if um, any of these deer that I have on camera uh, would come up, come up through those that 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 kind of open loose timber area. Um, nothing. So, anyways, decided time to pack it up and basically relocate. Uh, there's an area about two miles uh, from here that I've, I've wanted to check out for a couple of years actually, and so. I, uh, I loaded everything up, got up on the ridge, uh, checked the camera, which was uh, <laughs> dead. I mean, it appeared that the batteries had died, but it turns out it was just a malfunction. It, it had, like, maybe one picture of an animal on it. Anyways, checked that out and then hiked along the ridge about two miles, just kind of side-hilling at the top of this ridge. I had an option of either drop down heck a thousand feet and get to a trail and then use a trail to go up the valley um, to this next spot or uh, stay up on the ridge. And I would, I would much rather side hill along a rocky ridge uh, going slowly, maintaining my elevation and getting some epic views uh, and some glassing opportunities uh, to look down into the little drainages that come off this ridge. Um, I'd, I'd rather do that than, than drop down to a trail, um, just for the ease of the walking. So kind of poked along the ridge for a couple miles, um, got views into both sides, you know, the drainages and slopes on both sides of the ridge. And it was really, it was really fun. I mean, it was slow going, but it was, it was cool. Um, I'll post up a few pictures on the Instagram, um, with, from that. And, uh, anyways, got up to, uh, got up to the next peak or the, you know, just kind of below the next peak that I wanted to, to call home for the next few days. And, um, 
just big, big views, uh, big basin, um, very, it's kind of a north, it's very much a north facing bowl below this next peak. And, uh, let's see, the peak is at about 10 floor. Um, I think I was camping and set up, um, set up in a little granite bowl below the peak at like 9,400 feet. And then there's a, just a huge, really lush basin, just about 400 feet below that. That's got, um, some meadows and a lot of dense timber and a few open pockets in the timber. Um, and then the slopes coming off this peak, you know, go, they go 360 degrees around it. What I could see, there's some kind of gradual open slopes with, uh, some sage and whatnot. Um, there's just, there's a lot of granite or, or in rocky kind of scree fields that, that look like they wouldn't be good for anything. Um, and then there's also kind of broken up crags with trees in between and just, just a really good variety. And a lot of it, if you think of mule deer habitat as being kind of the, the, the nastiest, steepest, ugliest, um, you know, if area that you can find that still holds forage and some trees and some shelter and whatnot, this is it. I mean, it just screams, um, big bucks live here, but it also screams, you know, hard to get to, hard to see into, hard to identify, et cetera. So got set up and, um, this, the, the basin that was below where I set up camp, um, has these meadows. Um, you can still see that there's still moisture in them because there's seeps coming out and there's still lush green grasses and, um, lots of, lots of shrubbery and bushes and whatnot that are probably five, six feet tall when you, you know, I'm looking down on it. So it's hard to tell perspective how, 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 how thick this stuff is, but, uh, it's obvious that there's still moisture in there. So I'm thinking as the sun's going down. Um, there's at least going to be some does that come out into those openings. I'm thinking something's going to squeeze some animals that come out in those openings as they, they get shaded quickly before sunset and, um, they're cool and, you know, they've got moisture and, and forage. So there's got to be something, some animals coming out into those. Um, so I got set up and, um, climbed up onto a little, little knob just above where I was camping and, uh, kicked back in the rocks and, and just started glassing, um, going through, you know, using my binos and spotting scope. Uh, if I had to choose one or the other, I would definitely go with the binos. Um, spotting scope just, I don't know. It doesn't probably what I'm looking at is too close to, to truly need like a 20 power scope. And so I'm using my binos, which are 12, 12 by fifties. And, um, and they're just so much more comfortable to scan, uh, you know, in glass with. So I'm just going over, you know, checking this meadow that's below me. Um, and then just scanning every bit of this peak and the drainages and the finger ridges that come off of it. Um, and the slopes up high on it, you know, just going, rotating through, um, waiting for that magical hour before sunset for something to step out. And, 
and it's just, it's not happening. So, um, anyways, I look down again, the, 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 the meadow below me is actually getting kind of dark because there's still haze in the air from the fires, you know, hundreds of miles away. And this area is shadowed very quickly. Um, well before sunset, it's shadowed from the ridges above it. So it's, it's got, it's, it's like this little black hole without a lot of light going into it. And then as, as truly sunsets coming, it's getting kind of hard to even see into this, this area. But I look down and sure enough, um, a big old blonde, like honey blonde bear has cruised out of the woods and is out in the middle of the meadow, uh, which blew me away. Um, it's about 7 p.m. It's actually like 6.56 p.m. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm not bear hunting, but I am bear hunting. <laughs> and, uh, and there's this just gorgeous blonde bear, like, out in the med- middle of this meadow. And, you know, it makes sense. It's still lush with green grass. There's probably berry bushes in there. There's water. And there's probably some wallows and, and, uh, actual, you know, little pools of water tucked into the bushes and whatnot. And, uh, so I was pretty shocked. I didn't really think that bears would still be up this high. It's like 9,000 foot elevation down in that, in that meadow. And, uh, so, and so just gorgeous bears. So I have this, you know, 37 second internal debate. Do I go for it? Do I not go for it? Do I want to switch to a bear hunt mode versus deer hunt mode? If I'm successful, then the deer hunt's probably pretty much over because I got to get this bear out. Um, I'm at this point, I'm about six miles from the car, from the trailhead. So anyways, I'm like, you know what? I'm up. I, you know, I don't know what opportunity is going to present itself for me in the next four days up here. And, uh, and I want, I'd love to have a honey blonde bear. I like bear meat. Uh, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to take a bear this season. And so who's to argue with the opportunity? And so I, um, <clears throat> I say, I decide I'm going to go for it. You know, why not? I, I've got an hour. Um, and so I start scrambling down through the rocks and scree and, and, uh, I get down below. I, I start starting up on this granite knob, you know, above, above my camp, get down, maybe a hundred feet below my camp and, uh, I slip in the scree and I go down, um, fall my ass. And in doing so, I also, the bow goes down hard and the site housing for my bow clips a rock and snaps off. And I'm like, Oh, frack. Um, that's it. So, you know, if you've got a compound bow without a sight, you have nothing. Um, you got sharp pointy sticks and, uh, and that's about it. Um, so I look at it and figure out what broke. Um, it's a screw that broke that holds the sight housing onto the bow. Right, basically at the at the windage adjustment, you know, slider. And 
yeah, I just kind of want to cry at this point. Um, I made a big old racket, <laughs> of course, when I fell. And uh, I looked down in the basin. Bear's gone. Um, probably thinks I'm a wounded deer and come, come up and try to eat me now. No, all joking aside, bear's gone. And I, I'm without a bow. I, I am six miles in. I'm five or six days into this hunt, four days left. And I'm in the, just an epic spot. And I have no bow. So um, I'm pretty pissed off. And I'm not really feeling like saying, oh, well, I'll just tuck into bed now and go to sleep. So, um, yeah, the hunt's over. You know, I, I, I could, I thought about, well, I'll, I'll stay up here. You know, nobody expects me home. So I'll stay up here for a couple more days and scout. But I'm also like, F it, man. You know, I got, I, I know that there's animals up here. Um, but time is valuable. Um, I don't like, you know, be, being away from home for nine, ten days is is uh, a it's a burden on on the family. Um, you know, I've got vacation time being used at work and whatnot. So I just said, screw it, man. So I packed up camp, uh, what, which was an awesome camp spot uh, in, in the, at the base of this peak, um, it was just going to be an epic spot to hang for a couple of days. But, uh, I packed up and said, well, I will, I'm going to hike down a little bit. I was short on water. I really only had enough water for that night. So I needed water anyways. And so I, I know, I knew that I could drop down to a camp that I'd been, that I'd used before alongside a creek at about 8,500 feet. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to drop down there, hike a little bit and, uh, kind of burn off some energy, burn, blow off some steam. And, um, and so I got loaded up just before dark and this area is pretty easy to hike through, hike into the dark. And I was only a few miles from it or it's only like a mile from a trail. So I figured I'm going to load up and hike down off some steam and then either camp at one of these sites I've been to before. Um, I've got the creek close by so I can at least get some water. And um, I don't know, maybe I'll just hike all the way out. And so anyways, I just kind of loaded up and, and kept kept trudging away and I was moving fast. And um, before you know it, it was about 11.30 p.m. and I was at the truck. And so here I am. Uh, hunt, hunt's done. It was uh, an awesome adventure. Um, I In California, I've never successfully glassed up uh, a good group of bucks and been able to just watch them for an hour or so. Um, I, I've, I've successfully done that in Arizona during the rut which is a whole different story. It's a lot easier. Um, <laughs> in, in January during the rut, uh, in open country of Arizona where you can see forever and it's, it's pretty open. Um, so I, I've, I've glassed up bucks in that setting, but in California, um, I'd never successfully done that. So that was, uh, that was cool. Um, and that was a good experience. And, uh, being able to glass up this bear was, was, was a great experience. That bear probably lives in that basin, um, much of the year. You know, if it's got, 
if it's got groceries, uh, you know, from, from spring thaw through August to live there, it, it probably spends a lot of the summer in that basin and in the, the close area around it. So that's, that's really, uh, that's good Intel. Uh, I may go back <laughs> and just try to get that bear. Um, so in, in this, like the, the whole, the weather was perfect. Um, what I got confirmed, you know, with the, with the few trail cameras, I checked the confirmation I got on some animals, um, the confirmation and experience I got in just finding and also not finding animals, uh, was great experience. And as I've said many times, it all, all these, all these experiences, whether they're successful or not, they add up, you know, they build the foundation kind of brick by brick into a, a base of knowledge and experience that's going to add up to success. Um, you know, not just one time in the future, but, but many times in the future. So, and this is why I go on these hunts. This is why I go on these backcountry solo hunts, um, because I just, I love the, I love the adventure part of it. I love the experience. And even though it kicks my butt, um, physically and, and mentally, um, and it's, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of low points and it's a grind. There's also a lot of high points. So, um, that's the wrap on the, uh, the, what turned into, a, I think a five and a half day hike hunt uh, for archery mule deer opener here in California and, uh, and bear archery bear opener. Um, so I may, I may try to scrape together a four or five day trip and, uh, kind of do a little bonsai trip and get down there and, uh, and do this again for a shorter trip during the season. Um, or I may wait until later during general season, um, you know, and, and, and bring, bring him a rifle and, and be able to, you know, spot, spot something at three, 400 yards and then, um, and actually take a shot at it. So not have to stock in. So we'll see what the future holds on that. But, uh, that's the wrap on archery opener for me here in California. And, uh, without a doubt, um, hunting ain't easy, especially when you break your bow six miles from the truck, but these things can be fixed. Okay, well, that is a wrap on what was going to be a 10-day hunt and turn into a six-day hunt. Um, certainly frustrating and disappointing. I, I, I basically hammered out the hike out of the backcountry on adrenaline uh, Wednesday evening when I realized that everything was done. Uh, I considered sticking around and saying, hey, you know, I've got this time off from work. Family doesn't expect me back. I can hang out here and, and scout and, and glass up some animals and just kind of lay low for a couple of days up here and, and enjoy that. But but really, you know, time is precious. And um, I know that there's deer up there. I know there's a great looking blonde bear up there. Um, I, I learned a lot from from the hunt as it was. And so I just decided... I'm not interested in just like laying down. Um, I was too ticked off to, 
to just call it a night and lay down and get a good night's sleep. So I figured pack it up and hammer out of there, um, which I did. So, um, but I'm definitely going back. Uh, this is an area that I love just to be in. I love exploring it. Um, I have only seen one other person there, like where I actually interacted with them, talked to them on a scouting trip. And I've only seen other hunters, I presume hunters, based on where they were located, um, from literally a mile or two away. And so fairly low pressure area, but it's a grind to get into. I mean, it's, it's not it's not an easy walk in the park to get into this area. So I think that insulates a little bit from, from too much hunting pressure. So definitely going back. Um, the forest closures have everything shut down right now statewide which is really a bummer um it is still archery season and all 18 national forests in the state of california are shut down due to wildfire so basically there's two really big fires um i guess probably five moderately sized fires on top of those that are still burning and uh forests uh u.s national forest management just decides that they they don't have the resources to to fight anything new and so they shut everything down um, that is an entirely different podcast because I think it's a, it's bad policy um, and it's indicative of a broken system, but uh, we'll go down that rabbit hole separately on a different, different show. Um, so the hunt recap, um, thanks for hanging in there and listening through uh, lots of lessons learned for me. Number one lesson is what I, the rule that I broke, I will not break it again. And that is low percentage stocks at last light. And stalking bears at last light are a no-go. Um, much better to sit back and observe and take notes and and spend that time um, learning where the animals are and getting an idea of what their behavior is going to be than scrambling down the mountain, um, trying to relocate, get in position, stalk into 40 yards and then take a shot basically as absolute last light is settling in and you can't see much anyways so last thing i want to do is is have to blood trail a bear um, for really much of any distance um if i'm making a shot right at dark and so that's it, it was just a bad move and thankfully i got away with just only the the broken bow sight and and no other no other damage to the bow or myself. So we'll shock that up to experience and we'll call it good. But um, you can see some of the pictures. Uh, the badger that I saw is uh, is on Instagram. Uh, some of the deer that I saw that I glassed up are on Instagram. And so in some of the trail camera images that I pulled, uh, phenomenal, just some really cool bucks on some of the trail cameras that I've got up there. Um, and, and actually, uh, several of these, or a couple of these deer that came up on the trail cams, I don't think I saw them. Th these were not the bucks that I saw um, with my own eyes. And so there's more opportunity up there. There's more deer up there than what I saw. So that's that's the trick is they're there, but they're hard to see and hard to find. So jump on over to Instagram. Uh, hunting ain't easy at Instagram. You can see uh, a bunch of the pictures that I've put up. And... Um, Love to get your feedback on those. And also feel free to message me if you've got questions about where I'm going or what I'm doing. Um, I won't tell you the exact areas I'm going to, but I'm, 
Um, uh, you know, California is a big space and we've got big zones with a lot of opportunity. So happy to, to share my, share my thoughts on D zone hunting in general. And, um, and also, uh, <laughs> got to figure out what to do now with these closures. So it's going to force some pivots that we all have to do to get into some new public land that if we can find something open. Um, so spending the next couple of the next, next week or so doing that. And then assuming that the closures are let down and the forests are opened up rifle season, general season hunting will be upon us in late September. And we'll all get to take another swing at, uh, at the opportunity we've got here in California. So no matter how you shake it though, hunting ain't easy. And I'll be bringing you news of my first buck in California soon, I hope. Stay tuned.